0: what are the things I need to be working on deep work-wise this week? Okay, well let's fill up those deep work chunks on my calendar. They're already there. They're designated there as busy and they're distraction-free zones. It's clearing out the time and having those set so that I have those. And during a weekly review, I'll say, okay, well next week, this thing needs to be pushed either forward to this point or to completion. And then that's what I'll write in the first deep work chunk
1: ADHD Rewired, Episode 170. This is the show designed for those of us with really good intentions, but a slightly wandering attention. My name is Eric Tivers. I'm a licensed clinical social worker, coach, and speaker. The website is ADHDrewired.com. We know that starting is the hardest part, So let's get started. But first, let me tell you about this. Whoa, ADHD Rewired listeners. ADHD Rewired's 10th season of coaching and accountability groups doesn't begin until August 21st which is why I am super impressed with how many of you really did some advanced planning. Your response to our three days of super early registration for our next coaching group was amazing. In fact, it was our most successful early registration drive ever. Section one is already 75% full. And while our super early registration is over, starting June 1st, I'm reopening registration for four days for what I'm calling the still kind of early, early registration drive where you can still save $200 when you register during one of the four early registration days. Registration interviews will be held June 1st, 6th, 8th, and 15th. Just go to coachingrewired.com to learn more and to schedule your registration interview today. Don't wait for the price to go up again, and only a limited number of spots will be available during June's still kind of early registration period. Registration interviews are by appointment only. Schedule yours at coachingrewired.com.
2: I never understood uh, before this group, why I had such a problem with time, why I was never, I was always, you know, shopping on Christmas Eve still, how it could be March. And I thought it was still January, all those things. It never made sense to me till I got into this group and understood about planning ahead and actually seeing time differently than I've ever seen it. That is humongous. And so many of my issues around my ADHD that have been negative are time-based. I'm becoming more aware of what matters to me and trying to take action on those things which is being inner defined instead of outer defined which i've been my first 54 years of my life
1: join us for adhd rewired's 10th season of coaching and accountability groups beginning august 21st going through october 27th schedule your registration interview now secure your spot and you could still save 200 dollars Go to CoachingRewired.com to schedule your registration interview and to learn more. That's CoachingRewired.com. You know, two of my favorite content creators are Jessica McCabe of How To ADHD on YouTube and Drew Ackerman, also known as Scooter, from the Sleep With Me podcast. Now, Jessica is doing amazing things for the ADHD community, and my three-part series that I did with her on her show has helped many of you discover this podcast. And Scooter puts me to sleep almost every night with his soothing, rambling, tangential stories. And I value each of these creators dearly, which is why I'm proud to support them. On Patreon, If you value ADHD Rewired, it would mean the world to me if you showed your support by becoming a patron. Consider giving a gift of just $5 a month and you'll get access to some really cool perks. You can check it out at patreon.com slash ADHD Rewired. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash ADHD Rewired Thanks (laughs) Welcome back to another episode of ADHD Rewired Today's guest is Eric Fisher of the Beyond the To-Do List podcast He's been doing podcasting and producing his podcast for four plus years unless you're listening to this in like 2018 then that's now five plus years Um, He talks to people who are really in the thick of doing things in productivity. So he's a social media manager at at Social Media Examiner. And uh, Eric is also a part of the tribe, uh, the ADHD tribe. So, uh, Eric, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me. It's great to be here. For a moment, you had this look on your face of like, wait, is that me that you're talking about? What?
0: I was like, what tribe are you talking? Oh, that tribe. Okay.
1: <laughs> so, um, you know, I've been following your show for for quite some time and, and I've recommended it on this podcast a, a number of times. Why did you get into podcasting about productivity?
0: Well, I was already a huge fan of podcasting in and of itself. And I used to do a show called Social Media Serenity with Cliff Ravenscraft, the podcast answer man. And he wisely was cutting back on the amount of shows that he was going to do, not, not episodes, but actual shows. And so mine was one of them that didn't make the cut. And I wasn't mad at all. I was like, hey, great idea. Do less things with more quality. That's right up my alley. And so I immediately started thinking, hmm, maybe I'll start a blog. I'm so glad I didn't. I knew that that wasn't going to work. But uh, I started thinking, well, what, what what podcast would I do? And I and I just it hits me over the course of months as I'm thinking about it that I want to be able to talk to people and learn from them. And what do I what do I want to learn? Well, I want to learn how they do what they do. And I fine tuned it to where I was like, wait a second, that's basically self management. That's productivity. Boom. And then then I just tried to figure out what the branding was. So.
1: You wanted to pick the, the the brains of the people who are doing the productivity and, and beyond.
0: Yeah, basically I wanted to give free coaching.
1: I, I get it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I often feel that way too and I get to talk to some of the uh uh some of the experts uh, in, in the field. So um what's your story? So you uh you were diagnosed with ADHD when? Uh 2005. Okay. And what brought you to that diagnosis?
0: Well, uh the reason that I sought out diagnosis was I just realized something wasn't right. Here's the thing. I wanted to see if it was just me or if it was just the job. I was in a data entry job. I was sitting in a cubicle eight hours a day, basically. And I couldn't wait to get up and get out of the seat and walk around. And that's very much normal, but I felt like, well, I've done this before or I can do this. I can make myself sit here. But I said, you know what? Like I'm also getting, words from my wife where she will say, like, I'm not paying attention, or I'm off somewhere else, or, you know, those kinds of things. So anyway, I, I decided, well, there's enough different reinforcements here, maybe something's going on, and decided to to seek out uh, an answer at that
1: point. Okay, and uh, so you went and got an evaluation, you were on medication at some point, right?
0: Yeah, we tried, I think we tried like two different ones for a while. And I think, Mostly, what it made me do was feel kind of numb. Hmm. Didn't really. It, it was kind of affecting my sleep, hmm. and so I felt like, well, you know what? I'd rather just deal with the distraction, and because I was fine already. I just wanted to know, you know. And so that, and then that's where I kind of kicked in the, the productivity uh, s- systems and stuff, high gear, uh, at that point. So I'd, I'd rather feel normal than, I'd rather feel what I used to feel was normal. I better would better be able to say, but,
1: uh, yeah. So you're not on medication now and you are no. managing through, um, I would imagine things that are beyond the to-do list. <laughs> you see what it is yes. there? Um, yes. so the Groans. So I'm, I'm going to get like emails of like, really Eric. Um, but we don't know which Eric we'll be talking about. Yeah. You know, according to Eric.com, by the way, which is spelled with a C, 67% of all Eric's spell it with a C.
0: Yeah, see, I always, I always felt like mine was not normal, but that was okay.
1: <laughs> I, I, I once had this like thought, like you know what, I should just like change it to like ERIQ, just to like, just because. Oh wow! Or QUE, or like ERICH, or the I, I've seen, I've seen, I've stumbled upon some very interesting versions of. I've seen, I've seen a CK before. I've seen a CK. I've seen a, an A. A A I R? And I think CH I think. Oh weird. Right? It just so. That's just wrong. <laughs> it's probably, might be uh I don't know, somewhere that's not around here. Yeah. All right. So, um let's talk about digital distractions cuz I know that that's one of the things that we want to talk about how to deal with that because it's, you know, the, we'll, we'll see these I guess I can call them clickbait sort of articles, you know, uh-huh. is, is social media, is technology causing ADHD? And, you know, to that, I would say, no, um, it's it's not, but it certainly can uh, uh, want to exacerbate somebody's ADHD. But it does change our the, the neural pathways in our brain when we're like, you know, 150 times a day, like checking that that, you know, our, our Facebook uh, app and without even like meaning to do that. But that's still not ADHD, even if it's ADHD type sort of behavior. So you deal with social media on a regular basis. And actually, I heard your interview uh, this week with Cal Newport, Hal, Cal, Newport Cal, yeah. Cal Newport, author of uh, Deep Work, great book. Uh, it was a great interview. And so you were sharing the, the challenge of part of your work sort of responsibilities. Is that non deep work where you know you're checking in on the the communities you're doing the, the the status update versus the deep work where it's real just like turn everything else off and get really focused on a certain area. So how do you how do you do that?
0: Sure. So so how do I do deep work or how do I differentiate between the two? Both. Okay. Well, so what I do is uh, and and that is a pretty recent interview, so I'm still actually formulating my plan. Mm to kind of make some changes. I will say one of the changes that I made right away was to move the social media apps that are on my phone into a folder and then I moved it to the second screen to where they're all there and I have to work harder to dig for them, to open them up. They're not on the front screen. They're not even in a folder on the front screen. They're in a folder on the second screen. And so, because that's one of the things Cal talks about is like these social media apps are designed to become addicting, especially when you're tactilely interacting with them in your hand. And so I've done that. And I've actually found that I'm using my phone less for that stuff that, I mean, how many times has it happened to you where you tap your phone and, you know, it says swipe or tap to unlock. Mm -hmm. And it's like, it's just telling it's, it's, it's commanding you tap me, unlock me, play with me. And you do that to check the time, but then you see that. And I'm going to do this now while I'm, I'm with you. I, so I tap it and like, okay, it's, it's a certain time uh, of day. And then i see, oh, tapped unlock. And it's like, well, let me just see if I'm, oh man, I've got all these different things. Like, and you just start falling into the black Mm -hmm. hole of jumping from app to app, let alone the fact that how many times have you Intentionally gone in to like check on a certain piece of information and forgot in process of going to that app by jumping into a different one. And then you're on there for five minutes or more.
1: One of the things that I do uh, for that, because I, I have that tendency, is I use uh, Siri to voice activate what app I want to open. Um, mm. So it's basically I can like That's get to my call. destination point with my like with blindfolded, you know. Because I mean, I, a couple weeks ago I was sitting here with a uh, with a client, and I wanted to check the our schedule. And three times in a row, like while sitting there, I opened Facebook instead of my calendar by accident. Like, so, and like jokingly <laughs> about it, I'm like, "Wait, I didn't mean to open that." So I close it, and like I did it again and then again so it's like yeah it's it's you know facebook's a drug i mean they, when you think yeah. about what drugs do they 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 give us you know high hits of dopamine um how long have you done this where you put it to another uh, another folder on the second page
0: yeah i've been doing that for about 2 weeks now okay. and i feel like it's a success i feel like it's helped me to get more of a handle on it the other key piece to that that i'm leaning into was i have an apple watch Mm -hmm. and i know some people are like oh no why do i want why do i want my wrist to be like bugging me at all times of day isn't that just isn't that a distraction no actually what it is is it's a satellite where i can only receive certain information Mm -hmm. or send certain information and again it keeps me off of the phone because i can only like i can lift my wrist and i can see what time it is i can even see like what the weather's like, I can tap and like send someone a message. Like I can tell you right now, it saves me not just tons of time in, in the productivity realm of it, but in the attention realm of it as well. Because mm. if my wife sends me a quick text and she just needs to hear an acknowledgement, like, yes, that's good. Like I can literally just tap and boom, she's got a thumbs up or an okay. Whereas if I open my phone I may start going around in other apps. So it keeps me out of there. Mm. And what I'll actually do in the evenings at home is I'll put my phone on a charger and sit it there and I'll just wear my watch. So then if I do get a call, I'm able to get it or respond to things if necessary, but I don't have my phone on me as a temptation.
1: Hmm. Do you, uh, do you wear your watch at night to track sleep?
0: No, I actually use a, a, a sleep tracking app on my phone. Sleep cycle. Sleep cycle, yes. I was going
1: to look yeah. it up. Yeah, I've been using that for almost three years, I think, now. And I, and I love the ability for it to wake me up during like my lightest phase of sleep versus just... Uh, I love like, that. That's, that's, that's been a, such a game changer for my productivity and just like my, my human beingness. Like I'm a functional human being when I wake up versus this like zombie that's waiting for coffee and Adderall to kick in. But it requires me to have my phone in my bed, which... It would be good to not have that.
0: Yeah. So I actually tried to, uh, for Christmas, kind of go the route of just getting an alarm clock that would sit there. But I realized for me, I would rather have something that's going to wake me up. So my phone actually, it's set to silent. And don't get me wrong. I've actually had to train, like I've actually I've built up the, the willpower or the muscle or whatever you want to call it, that I set that phone up for it, being a nightlight now or not a nightlight, uh, an alarm clock. And I turn it over uh, face down and I put it just out of reach and then I get in bed. And so it works as the, as the phone uh, it, and I put it in do not disturb. So.
1: Okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah it's uh, um, I'm, I'm still working
0: on <laughs> that. I don't want, yeah. I mean, I'm not, I'm not trying to like brag. as like, Oh, why can't you control not touching your phone in bed? Well, I always do. Like I, I still do occasionally. Like I will but it's way better than it used to be. Yeah. We all need to work towards that.
1: Yeah. And it's just, you know, this idea that we're, that we're so like drawn into it. And for me, you know, I, I call it one more thing, itis, you know, it's like, I'm just going to do this one more thing and then, you know, mm-hmm. do that. And then it's one more thing. And then one more thing. And it's like that, that we truly feel like it's not, in your control uh, and that's frustrating it's like i love my technology but i also hate my technology because i feel like it's controlling me sometimes and you know at the beginning of the day it's easier for me to control because my you know my executive functions my you know that my willpower is higher at the start of the day it's at the end of the day when i'm tired i've been working all day my you know, meds are worn off or it's you know it's uh, there's no amount of willpower that uh can stop me from from doing that sometimes yeah,
0: totally. I, I'm right there with you.
1: So during the day, how do you uh, how do you sort of deal with the the distractions? Yeah. So then that's the other key
0: piece to kind of my my talk with Cal and from his book is, I've realized that I have to basically there there are certain days of the week and certain times of those days where I have certain meetings and those are just standing meetings. So I can navigate my landscape of my week knowing those are there and then i know okay what are the things i need to be working on deep work wise this week okay well let's fill up those deep work chunks on my calendar they're already there and they're you know they're designated there as busy and they're you know distraction free zones in terms of and i'll i'll set up you know the atmosphere stuff in a second but clearing out the space or clearing out the time i should say and having those set So that I have those and then what I'll do is okay during a weekly review I'll say okay well next week this thing needs to be pushed either forward to this point or to completion and then that's what I'll write in the first uh deep work chunk I usually don't go for less than an hour Mm -hmm. when I go with those time chunks and I try to actually keep them to just an hour so that I can then get up take a break refresh not feel like I'm slaving away and even then take a quick minute. And here's the rub, I will go on my desktop to try and, and check all the social inboxes. Because if I do it on my phone, then I'm starting to do the hits of dopamine again. Mm-hmm. Much more potent, I guess. Better best way to put it. Then say on my desktop where I was just working, and then wind back down whether, you know, what's the next thing? Is it is it is it a meeting? Is it another time chunk? Is it uh, intervals on something else I've got to work on where it's, you know, checking those inboxes, or replying to emails, that kind of thing, shallow work, in other words. So that's typically what I do is I will I will have those slots. And I think that's what's going to work best for me other than having a certain time in the morning where before everybody else is up, I also do some of that stuff before anybody is asking for my, my attention.
1: Because you, you have two kids, right? Yes. And uh, it's... It's amazing how uh, our, our, our the little people in our lives are so demanding of our time. They don't care what's on our calendar. its
0: <laughs> They don't know what a calendar even is, I don't think.
1: How old are your kids?
0: Uh, 12 and 5.
1: Do your kids also have some of those uh, ADHD traits?
0: Uh, I would say so. I think that uh, it, its it remains to be seen whether that's just because of their growing up as digital natives or whether there's – actual issues there at all we just moved into a new house so we're trying to clear the slate and start over with some new rules in terms of you know screen times and you know hey go be bored come on there's nothing wrong with being bored let's go
1: when'd you do your move
0: uh just about a week ago actually
1: okay so um we we might be shifting focus here just a little bit uh um, or at least come back to this topic because I'm um, we're, we're getting ready to move, yeah. um, and so I might want to pick your brain on some productivity, sure. uh, insane like uh, sanity maintaining strategies for dealing with a move.
0: We'll see. I don't know how sane I am right okay. now,
1: but yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's it, everyone like. Everyone, you know, whenever I'm like, I mean, I'm overwhelmed, and you know, I'm looking for someone to just give me some encouragement. Just like you know, you'll, you'll it'll work out. You can. You know, everyone's just like, "Oh man, moving sucks." <laughs> so,
0: it does. I mean, I could give you advice of like, if you have routines, try to set up ways to guard those and keep those as much right. as possible. I would say try and get as much sleep as you can because you're gonna need it. Mm-hmm. If it's possible, get a crew of people together to move, whether you're paying them or paying them in pizza. There will be a crew. Yeah, you don't want to do it all yourself. So
1: yeah, we are uh, we are um, a week away from putting it on the market. And so we're like, it's just crazy how much stuff we keep. And it's I've been I, I think that's one of the, the things I really want to try to turn over a new leaf is to to really leave my hoarding tendencies behind uh when we move to a new place. Cause it's just like, you know, it's it's distracting when we think about all like the unfinished projects, the things that are around that we might use one day, the thing that we pick up like, I don't even know what this thing goes to but maybe you'll remember some other point. So you put it back or it's like, it's insanity and it's, it's very, it feels very uh, uh, freeing to sort of let a lot of these things go. Um, So staying for at least, at least for now, let's let's stay focused at least in the first half of the episode um, (laughs) before we go on to major rabbit hole, talk about some of the the specifics of your sort of productivity digitally and how, like how do you plan, uh, how do you set up your day? Um, So you mentioned that you, um, well, well, your deep work you do in like hour kind of block, so you do some block scheduling. Mm-hmm. Is that like a regular? So do you always have that same hour? Um, every either every day or every sort of like certain days of the week?
0: So, yeah, the, the best way I can explain that is, uh, again, I'll go by priority, repeating meetings, repeating time chunks. I, I just leave those as standing things, and then I will add these as basically standing meetings with myself. Mm-hmm. And so then what I'll do is I'll go into that uh, instance and go into the the details of the meeting and write down what it is I'm supposed to be doing in that so that I can just go and use the calendar as my map. And uh, by, by putting that stake in the ground and saying this time is dedicated to this thing, it, it takes away, by, by, set, by setting aside um the time to decide that ahead of time it makes it so much easier to then just flow oh i got a meeting and this is what we're doing okay cool boom and and so then what i didn't get into is this then i will and this is what i'm in the process of right now is setting up my home office and i've actually done an episode on my show where i've worked at, i mean like right now i'm not at home i'm in a conference room at a co-working space i've also worked at coffee shops there are I, I, what I have found and this is this is probably the ADHD in me is no single one way of working works best mm-hmm. it's working in different places all day long is what works best so the monotony goes away so so we ended up my friend and I we end up doing because we both remote work we do something called the productivity pub crawl
1: i listened to that episode <laughs> i you know i i got a kick out of that but i you know what i was thinking is How hard that would be for me because of all the transitions going from place to place.
0: See, and and I totally get that. Like, I think it's going to be dependent upon, uh, this is why I'm not trying to prescribe, say, here's the perfect workspace, because the perfect workspace is going to be different for all people. Like, I know for a fact that now that I'm in my new place, I'm setting up an area where I'm going to have everything set up to where I can walk in sit down or it's a standing desk too. Uh, stand there and get work done and have it all be set up. And I'm, I'm ready to focus. I think a lot of my active deep work is going to be in front of that desk. Now my, my passive deep work, best way I can describe that is if I'm say reading a book and pondering it and taking notes, I'm going to consider that still deep work, but that's something where I'll probably sit to do it instead mm. of stand. So Uh, But to get to the environmental thing, like I have found that like having not distraction, but ambiance and, you know, music at a coffee shop and people talking and moving and things like some people like, oh my gosh, how can you get any work done being near that? It's not that that's a distraction per se. It's almost as if by having to say, okay, tune that out and focus, it's less distracting Mm. Then, if I'm in a room all by myself and my thoughts are echoing and bouncing around inside my head, internal or internally distracting me. So, but to get to your point, the transition then of place to place, um, what we found was by choosing the right task to push forward to through to completion, then we kind of naturally had a break and that's what the transition was. And so, I don't know. It was kind of, it was an experiment. We still do it. uh, Not as much recently because of the move and and different other situations, but it's still to the point where like today I've worked in three different places. I've worked at home. I I don't think I could
1: do that. I think that would would exhaust me.
0: Yeah. I don't know. I don't know why it is. I mean, I just, I can't stay like right now when I'm done with you, I will probably pick a different location and say, okay, I'm going to sit down here and this is what I'm going to do. And I'm going to do it till it's done. And Hmm there
1: you go. I say that, but I'm actually thinking about when I was in, when I was in grad school, there were a couple of different locations that I would go on campus. Um, and one of my favorite locations was actually a place I don't think I was really supposed to even be. It was like the boiler room of like the, the like the, the college that, that, um, was part of my program. Like it was just this old, like no one was ever down there. Like, and because I didn't think I should be down there, um, it was sort of like gave me this like focus. So I, would say I, I think it's it's experimentation. I think that's yeah, with, yeah. With anything productivity related. It's like, well, try it. Like, see, you got to do your own experiments.
0: Yeah. I mean, different, it's different types of atmosphere, location, company, um, temperature. What's the other, there's another one that I'm thinking of, Uh, music even, whether it's in headphones or out in speakers, different common and and different types of tasks. Mm -hmm. It's it's a jumble of all those variables to find what's gonna work best for you. And so I'm still trying to experiment, but the fact that I've noticed that if I work in at least two, but up to about three or four different locations in a day, I feel like I get more done and I actually do get more done. And I feel when I get home, if I'm not already there, that it's been a good day. Like that's a good sign for me.
1: So. Okay. So I want to talk about, uh, you know, so your show is beyond the to-do list. I want to ask you about your to-do list, but before we do, I want to take a quick break. And then when we come back, I want to talk a little bit more about some of the, some the apps and tools that you use and we'll we'll do some deep work on deep work. I know that was probably one of my worst transitions ever but we're going to take it. All right. We'll be right back. Yeah. I
2: win, I think, would be learning the value of goal-making, even at my age, and I am doing so many things every single day that I wanted to do and never got done. Things that I've learned is scheduling, not over-scheduling, time management, and how to plan for the future. And I've never before, and this is embarrassing, planned i said the other day i've always been the hamster on the wheel just being battered through the cage and hanging on for dear life and going up and down but now i feel like i'm outside the cage i'm looking at it and i'm planning, you know, at least seven days at a time and starting to work on further and further, further than I've ever seen before. So I'm grateful for that.
1: I joined this group because I was exhausted trying to do everything myself and I knew
0: I needed community and a group to journey with in my struggles.
2: I joined this group because I needed a supportive environment and accountability to tackle my goals. It's so nice to be part of a group of people who get it. We don't have to apologize for our being. You guys get it. I joined the group because I I started this year thinking, if if you always do what you always did, you always get what you always got. And I decided I didn't want what I always got. I wanted it to be different this year. I believe in accountability and I believe in the work that's done within groups because I've seen it work in my life and other areas before. I realized in this group that my husband and I of 30 years had not talked about our future or our Our plans, and we actually sat down and did that. That's a big deal for me. So that's why I joined. And not to mention the fact that I got so many pieces of wisdom listening to your podcast. Well, I was hungry for new strategies and ways to manage the chaotic world of ADD with people who understood.
1: Learn to understand time, make important discoveries, and do it all with people who understand you. Join ADHD Rewired's 10th season of coaching and accountability groups during our still kinda early, early registration events for four days only, June 1st, 6th, 8th, and 15th. Secure your spot and save $200 off registration but you have to do it by June 15th. Go to coachingrewired.com to learn more and to schedule your registration interview today. Space is limited, so don't wait. The website again is coachingrewired.com. That's coachingrewired.com. And prepare to get your ADHD rewired. On May 2nd, 2017, the ADHD Rewired community on Facebook changed to a secret group. If you requested to join our group or you want to join our free community, come to our website, ADHDrewired.com, and fill out the application there. We are implementing a big process improvement so listeners don't get stuck in the request queue. Come to the website for more information. That's ADHDrewired.com. And we hope to see you soon in our secret community. (laughs) All right. We are back with Eric Fisher from beyond the to-do list. And um, hopefully you still stuck with me after my really bad transition. If you even remember that, because you might have been distracted by the commercial that you just heard. So I wanted to ask Eric, um, about, uh, and, um, I am sure that you get this question often. What's the best to-do list app? And
0: I'm going to toe the line that a lot of other people who are seen as productivity experts uh, will say, which is the one you will use. <laughs> I own, uh, so so this is going to be a shock. Maybe. Well, no, it's not going to be a shock. But anyway, I have had for a long time used more than one. At once. At once? There was a reason reason for that. There was a reason for that. It was because one was for, it it was to keep my roles separate. So one was for home, one was for the podcast, and one was for my day job. And that was great, but then it was like, it was not blending everything together and I would kind of forget to check in on one of them or the other one. It was just like, this is stupid. (laughs) Plus I was paying for one of them. And so what I decided to do uh, about, two to three months ago now is I just, I'm, I was like, wait a second. I flat out own OmniFocus. I've, I have the latest version on my phone and on my, my uh, laptop.
1: That's a pretty expensive so, program, isn't it? As far as productivity it, programs it go. Was like,
0: it, yeah. I mean, it was probably like 50 or 60 at some okay. point back in in the day when I, you know, and, and I've upgraded it and, so I mean I, I own it. So wait a second. Like you mean I don't have to re up on anything else. Like why don't I just use the one that is already fully formed and decide to just master it? So that's where I've been at.
1: Describe OmniFocus and, and what you like about it.
0: Well, I like that it's a clean interface. I mean they're they're all interfaces. Here's the thing. Like it, again, there's no one thing that I, there's there's things that I like about some more than others. They all have different. Pros and cons mm-hmm. to them, and it's hard to say what those pros and cons are specific to me versus somebody else. It, I really think it's all just a matter of user interface mm-hmm. preference when it comes to to-do list uh, options out there. So that said, OmniFocus—they've been doing it for so long. They're Mac-only. That it syncs. It's got some cool tips and tricks and and workarounds in it with like the location stuff and contexts and like, you know, for, so for example, let's see, what was it? I was out somewhere last night. My wife was going to bed. She said, Hey, can you move the laundry from the washer to the dryer when you get home? So I immediately opened up my phone in OmniFocus and said, check laundry and then set context for home and then closed it. Pulled into the driveway, bing, check laundry.
1: See for me, some something like that would be um, like just using the series like reminders.
0: Yeah, yeah, and it, and it's just like that. But for me, it's it's to have it in there so that you know, in case something goes wrong technology wise, like sure. oh, it's there in my list. You know, having it over in Siri reminders is fine. But I'm not checking. I'm not. I don't have to. In other words, I don't want to have to have in my brain, oh, wait, did I check my Siri reminders if they didn't go off? Right, you know, right. And, and my other stuff, so anyway.
1: Have you found a workaround? You know, the one, the one problem that I often have with location-based reminders, and I, and I love location-based reminders, is I need, like, a little bit of a time delay on that reminder, right? Like, so instead of the remind me when I get home, like, I want it to, like, remind me, like, three minutes after I get home. Like, let mm. me get into the house before that reminder actually goes off. The one way
0: I could think about getting around that and this may not potentially be a fix but I had that happening where I would set it for you know remind me when I get home well I'd had the radius so big Mm -hmm. that I was like a minute away and it pinged me (laughs) so I was like oh wait a second no I'm driving still so the only thing I can think of is to try and see if you can't make that radius so much smaller but that may not work I don't know
1: yeah I know I've tried that like it just seems like a simple like Simple thing. I don't know. It's uh, yeah,
0: it's almost like maybe it's an if this than that. I don't know. But uh Apple, think about that. Come on now. If, I know. It, you know, I get to this location and then start the countdown that then reminds me. Right, right. You know, like I what I want it. to
1: like, what would be amazing and it seems like it should be possible. Is it for you to get the reminder when you're about to walk past the laundry room?
0: There you go. Yeah, it, it almost needs great more granular contexts yeah if you if you will so
1: so you said this something that's really important and I want to just highlight it this idea that like no to-do list program is going to do everything that you want it to do uh, and it's just it's such an important sort of thing that we have to accept And one of the things I often tell my clients and we'll say on the podcast is that you know it's if you are now downloading the like 50th uh, you know to-do list app is a good chance that it's not the app right yeah um, and i this is something i've learned from my own experience you know i have i have downloaded hun- hundreds of productivity apps i have a slide on our presentations where it's like but is that all the apps in the app store it's like no, those are the ones that i've downloaded um you know not all of them are productivity related but most of them uh or and it's like you come to this terms where it's you know it's not the app it's you have to is it doing enough of what you want to do and can you figure out enough workarounds to to do for the things it doesn't do.
0: Yeah, totally. Yeah. Well, and here's the thing, even even right now with, with Omnifocus, like it's so much more powerful than I'm using it for, I think what it, I mean, I could literally be using pad and paper and my ca- my digital calendar mm-hmm. and be fine or even a regular calendar, but it's convenient to be able to check it real quick on my phone or more specifically on my watch and then be done with it. So,
1: yeah. I'm still waiting for the day where you can have a, a digitally sort of encoded electronic calendar like b- paper, you know, like something that sort of it, like combines like the Live Scribe smart pen mm-hmm. but it can it syncs somehow with what's actually on your Google calendar. Yeah. Like, I, I I'm sure that's coming. Because I, I, I do enjoy the tactile piece of writing something down because it's it's there's no limitations. You can draw pictures and do all of these other kinds of fun things that yeah. you can't necessarily do on a to-do list app. Yeah, totally. Don't, don't, yeah, don't no, laugh I, at my I, pictures. I, pictures are, you know, there's <laughs> a lot of value to it.
0: Yeah, hey, everybody learns differently.
1: That's, absolutely. So um, as far as calendars, what do you use?
0: I, I mean, I use Google Calendar. Um, I use, for my Mac, I use BusyCal. That's the one that... Uh, I like the I mean again Busy Calendar. I don't know that one. It's yeah, it's uh it's made by um I think they're just called busy Mac. oh busy Mac dot com is what they are. Um I like them. I think it's it's got uh again, here it is where I'm like it, really when it comes down to calendar apps, it's it's just about the aesthetics. Like you could down you could use the built-in calendar app on your device mm-hmm. and it's probably fine. Mm-hmm. But for me, this was the one where I tried it out and I thought, oh, this one, I like the way it looks. I like the way it feels. I'll stick with this one.
1: And do you use that on your uh, um, mobile devices too?
0: Um, yes. Yes, I do. Okay. Yeah, I use the, uh, the mobile app as well.
1: Okay. Yeah, I use on my mobile, I use um, uh, Calendars 5.
0: That one I used for a long time. And I think I just, uh, I, it's not bad. It's great, actually. I like the way that that looked i wanted to be able to see a month all at once on my phone and see everything you know kind of be able to see the see the macro month mm-hmm. all at once i guess if you will and and uh and i gave busy Cal a try and just kind of said well let me see you know is there anything that works with this syncing stuff or whatever between the desktop and, and phone and it but i just stuck with it because i like it so
1: cool So I imagine people ask you, um, like, how do you stick with a system? Um, I know a lot of people ask me that question. Does anybody ask you that question?
0: Uh, Not necessarily. I think that sticking with a system is not something – I don't know. I, I think, you know, I, I think the question I get more than that is how can I be productive? Like what, what can you do? Ta- like, they don't even like, that's the thing is like, they don't even know how to ask the question <laughs> really is what it comes down to. It's like, like, What does
1: that mean?
0: Right. Yeah. It's like, Oh, you're a productivity. Oh, okay. So cool. So uh, what can you teach me? Or like, how do you, you know, so you, you talk about like time management, like they don't even know like how to ask, you know, so, so saying, how do you stick with a system? I think I, the way that I say it is, is look, no, no one system's going to work for you forever. Mm -hmm. I, I think that it's, it's more match your priorities to your actions through habits by setting those up that way. And, you know, routines and schedules and create a, a scaffolding of structure in terms of, and that's again, why I lean so heavily on my calendar, because I want to have certain things set in stone. I've learned if I don't do that, I forget and I don't do it. Mm-hmm. So what I constantly am saying to myself is I'm passing the baton to future me. So love that. let's set that let's set me up for success by doing this thing the right way right now and then that guy over there which is me in a minute will receive it and then Keep
1: moving. You know, one of the things in my, my coaching groups that I do uh, is we, we uh, write sort of letters to our future self. Um, and uh, and when we're sort of reviewing, like, what are the things we learned? like What what worked? What didn't work? And then I'll ask the members of my group, well, how are you going to remember that? And in the beginning, you know, like uh, sort of a good neophyte uh, <laughs> coaching group members, they'll say, well, I, I got it now. And then I'll just, you know, I, I typically we'll pause for effect. Um and so, OK, so um, let's just pretend that everything that you are so sure that you're going to remember that you're going to forget. Can you imagine? Has this ever happened to you before? So let's just um, pretend that everything that happens today. You're going to forget, but you really want to remember it. How are you going to remember that? So uh, we talk about how do we put those sort of mindset reminders or sort of behavioral reminders in the calendar. But then adding the why. Because I think what often happens, uh, at least with, I think with ADHD, is that we set these reminders for ourselves and we write down the what. And then we come back to it and we're like, I don't even know what this means. Like, why, why was that important to me? And so I think it's really helpful to sort of add the why because it, it, it sort of talks to the, the emotional center of our brain, which is sometimes underactive and underresponsive to the what. So it's like, hey, remember, this is the reason why. And then, as you say, your future your future, uh, future self will thank you.
0: Yeah, totally.
1: So um, when we first talked uh, last week, you said something about speaking of like reading something and not really remembering what it actually meant. I wrote down noise cancellation for digital. I have no idea what that means, but that sounds cool. Do you remember <laughs> what that means?
0: <laughs> no, I'm trying to think of. Yeah, so I'm trying to think of what that would mean. I think I mean, I, I don't think I was referring to like noise canceling headphones or anything. That is, yeah, I wish I knew what that I wish I knew what I meant or so, I knew
1: what you meant So I wrote under uh, above that was uh creating boundaries Does that help at all?
0: Yeah, I, I mean, I think probably the best way that We can maybe cancel out the noise from digital I, I mean, if we're if we've got devices with us at all times um, Like for example, my wife just tried to call me because I forgot to put my phone in airplane mode And I know, right? Cardinal sin of podcasting, but uh, that is one of those things where it's like, wait a second. There's a bound. There's a certain boundary for time and space mm-hmm. and actions. Where I'm on a call right now with you, I don't need to be interrupted. So if I'm fully present where I am, then what I need? What do I need to do to make sure that that's the case? And so it can be making, like I said earlier, um, not having. I mean, I know it's not making noise right now and it's not going to, it's not making noise constantly, although there's probably radiation and stuff, who knows. But (laughs) having this on my person at all times every evening means it's a rabbit trail or a black hole for me to fall down into at all times on my person at all times. And so it's better for me to keep it in its place plugged in at home in the evening and just not have that be, uh, you know, not have it be an appendage in
1: other words. You know, I uh um a while back I bought this uh it's called the Kitchen Safe Timer. Have you ever seen this thing? Yes. It's it's that it looks like basically a pasta jar that you would keep like noodles in, but the the top has a timed lock. And I the reason I bought it was I wanted to see if it can keep me I, I was sort of in this uh I, I was in a Sim City um uh, fix for a while where it's like I'm just going to play for 5 minutes. That never actually happened. They'd always end up with like an hour or two of like, ugh, I can't get that time back. Now I'm feeling shame. And, you know, so I, I bought this in an effort to do that. I found that it, it, it wasn't helpful because the challenge was actually getting off. It wasn't like the barrier needed to be not to start in the first place. Yes. Right. So, you know, I have this $50 jar basically sitting at home that's unused, taking up space. There's other uses for it, I'm sure.
0: Yeah, at some but, point,
1: but lesson learned, right? Like, oh, absolutely, it was worth it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I, I could probably use it for what it probably was most intended for, and putting junk food in there and just allowing myself because uh, I'm like the ultimate fat kid. Like, if there's sweets or anything else in the house, like I have, so, I have no willpower, and then I'm like, I regret it, um, or even just like granola. Although I recently stopped uh, eating, uh, eating that. I have recently discovered that any uh, food product has corn, anything in it, corn syrup, corn, starch, corn, corn, um, like it, my body just doesn't tolerate it. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and I've always done it like carbs have sort of made me tired and sluggish. Um, but you know, from my, a dietary standpoint, I've recently discovered, uh, that corn might be my culprit for, uh, for sort of those related issues. Yeah. We we're forty five minutes in. Like that's a pretty good rabbit hole that we just went down. And uh, I think that's the deepest one we went into. We're forty-five minutes <laughs> in. I think that's fair game. You know, it's uh yeah. we, we try to stay as focused as possible for the first half of the show and where we go. It's after a that. <laughs> but you know, we tend to we, the wormholes tend to interconnect um, most of the time.
0: Yeah.
1: Um so you talk to you've talked to a lot of really cool people in the productivity space. Um, who, who've been some of your sort of favorite, uh, people to interview, uh, that you've sort of learned the most from.
0: Yeah. Um, that's an interesting question. So to not put any guest down that I've, that I don't mention, um, <laughs> which is a lot. Uh, I, I mean, I don't know. I could throw, I mean, Merlin Mann is always one of my, been one of my favorites to talk to. Yeah. I mean, the fact that I've even got to talk to him at all has been kind of cool uh because i listened to him for so long who else uh well well david allen for that matter yeah that,
1: that were, were there any uh, um interviews that you were really nervous for
0: probably that first one with david allen for sure like that was that was a big deal and it's a complete fluke that it happened like i just thought oh, you know what? It'd be awesome to have him on here sometime. I guess I should probably ask. And I sent an email and less than 24 hours later, his wife emailed me back and said, sure, you'd love to. How about this day at this time? And I'm like, yes. Nice. And I was like, okay, now I got to prep for it. So yeah, that's, um, yeah. I mean, it's it's more topical than anything. I mean, mm-hmm. if I go through and name names, I mean, I've had like Claire Diaz Ortiz and a, a number of other People that have just been, you know, they bring they bring to a single episode some encouragement, some enlightenment, some some practical, some theoretical, and uh, I hope that it helps. (laughs) It it always helps me.
1: Uh, Any any recent sort of things that you've learned that uh, have been sort of uh, a game changing for you, or at least um, been like really helpful?
0: Yeah, so I, I did a series on sleep a couple months ago. And those were important episodes. And one, uh, I had a sleep person, a researcher come on as Dr. Michael Bruce and talked about chronotypes. Mm-hmm. So it was all about which, you know, should you be, are you, an, it, it was less limiting than just being a, uh, a morning, uh, a night owl or a, what was the early riser? Lark, Why I this? Uh, um, there's
1: like three gosh. different. Category, yeah it right?
0: was it, he basically switched it he said you know the er, you're not an early bird or a night owl or a, like a midday whatever uh there's actually four of them and he, he went with mammals instead of birds and and it gave characteristics of the the four and i was able to find out which one was me and then kind of say okay so this is what best suits me this is the best time of ac- time of day activities of for those time of day etc um, uh, so there was that, then there was another one where Sean Stevenson comes on and it's like how to get quality sleep and started to re-engineer kind of my morning routine in terms of getting up and first thing, kind of doing some, something that will help my physical activity. It doesn't have to be a workout, but warming my body up, you know, mm-hmm. raising my body temperature, getting my heart beating, if it's stretching slash crunches slash whatever, um, drinking a ton of water to hydrate. Immediately, um, getting sun. Hopefully, that's that, that's available already. Uh, those kinds of things, and those drastically help you know my mood and my focus, my attention uh, throughout the day by starting my day the right way. It also helps me then feel like it's time for bed late in the day when there is no sun and when I don't stare at screens all night. So,
1: okay. Now I read um, uh, uh, chronotherapy. Um, it's the only book I've read on the sort of chronotyping uh, so far, and it was fascinating. Um, I, th- I found it to be somewhat complicated, like as far as like the method of like how do you adjust your your how do you sort of make your life more um, attuned to your natural chronotype. But it's like, it was talking about like this uh, like micro dosing of melatonin. So instead of like you know taking these three or five milligram of melatonin, which are available over the counter, like because apparently, according to this book, it was saying that um, like we don't need that much. uh milk, like our, our we don't even produce that much, um, oh, and yeah. so it's like talking about from starting at like 6 p.m. You, like at every hour, you take like a point one milligrams. Like you know, every hour until uh, bedtime, and then you take a little bit of a higher. I'm just like, there's so many steps. Like that's so yeah. not ADHD friendly. Yeah. Like, but if it could help the sleep, you know, it's like that's. I, I think that my sleep Eric is the it's the mountain that I keep climbing up and keep like slipping off of um, you know because I know it's that's the thing when I'm getting good sleep like my productivity rocks like when yeah well, not- and
0: that's the thing is you you basically I mean you you are almost chemically drunk when you try to get through a day without enough sleep and if you're basically I mean if we're already suffering from ADHD and making you know and, and it's hard enough for us as it is. Throw on top of that feeling somewhat drunk because we don't have enough sleep and we're making poor choices and you're in a recipe for disaster yeah so that was that was huge for me to to be able to to really sit and think about that I think I really and 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 don't get me wrong the whole move thing has kind of shaken that up a little bit, but it's getting there it's getting i've I've been setting my my room back up to be able to really sleep
1: well again so. I could be wrong about this, but I think it was on your podcast when you had uh, Michael Hyatt on um, where I heard it's the first time I heard uh, it him that said, you know, productivity is not about time management. It's about energy management. He does say that. Yes. And uh, it, it may or may not have been on your podcast. I'll give you credit for it. Um, and if, I,
0: I'm pretty sure he said it on my show. Great.
1: Then it's you got the credit then. And like for me, that was like it was. I heard it at the right time. It was just like a big, like, ah, like, I was like, you know, with ADHD where we can be kind of inconsistent, you know, it's, it's, that's sort of the hallmark of ADHD is we're consistently inconsistent. And when I think about why is it that sometimes like, you know, things that are sometimes really hard or even feel impossible uh, for me, why is it that sometimes I could do those things and they almost feel effortless? The, the variable is sleep. It's sleep. It's, it's uh-huh. my energy level. Um, and so it's such an important piece. That's why it's like, it's the the mountain that I will continue to keep climbing no matter how many times I, I fall. Yeah. And because um, it's, uh, man, I'm, I'm always slightly envious of those people who are just like, my bedtime is this time. I do it without fail. And it's like, can I just follow you around? And
0: <laughs> it's because they've created their rituals that make that possible. Yeah. Do you meditate? Uh, that's been a hit or miss thing. I've, I've, I've always wanted to, and I've started to a few times and not made time for it to really like make it, you know, I don't know. I guess you could say I sort of do when I walk on the treadmill or go for walks.
1: There is certainly a form of meditation with, with movement, just being very present in the body. Yeah. Do you use any internet blocking software?
0: I, so that's a great question. I have felt like, because of the nature of my job, not having access to the internet at a moment's notice is going to be a problem. So that's kind of why I went the route of, okay, well, I will do the thing where I use it less and use it more intentionally when I when I need to. Um, but I'm considering using one at some point to kind of break you know, break down, you know, unlearn the habits mm-hmm. a little bit further.
1: And for me, you know, the idea of, of internet blocking software, it's, it's a way to outsource willpower, you know, it's like decide ahead of time when you don't want to be on the internet. And then when you try to get on the internet at the time that you previously decided you don't want to be on it, you're, you know, it's then your, your past self says, Hey, you're welcome future self." yourself. Yeah. Um, yep. Yep. Yeah, and it's, uh, and I used to use uh freedom, um, then I switched to a, a cloud-based platform and it's kind of confusing
0: yeah uh, there was one i was looking at i'm trying to think of what it was i think it was freedom because it could do your phone too at the same time and that was that was interesting because i always i always wondered like well how do you block me from the internet from just my desktop and then i've got my phone here that i can just leap into right so right
1: now i know that uh uh one of our uh, uh, mutual uh friends uh, daniel lewis has uh ha- have you seen his video that he did on the pavlock
0: um no i haven't uh so are you familiar with the pavlock which one is that i, I i'm thinking so, i think i know what it is
1: so that's like it's like the Fitbit for crazy people um <laughs> where it actually gives you an electric shock
0: like oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, yes and i did see that video now that i remember i remember now
1: I don't know how many people listening to this know who, who uh, Daniel Lewis is. He's he's been in the podcast. He's like he just hit ten years of podcasting. Um, like I think he was doing a podcast before they even called it podcasting. I, I don't even know. But so he was doing a a, a live uh, um, uh, demo. He just got this uh, this padlock. Because basically you can set up for these various like sort of uh, uh, intensities, having a shock you, and you can, you can like set. If this, then that sort of sequences, um, and so he was going if you like ten percent, twenty percent, thirty percent, and would you say it's a fair statement to say that that uh, Dana might be one of the most even keel people like ever? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> so to see this person like who is like pretty just straightforward, like shocking himself was a pretty amusing um, thing, <laughs> you know. It's but I know that one of the things you can do is you can actually set it up where like if you go to Facebook, it would like administer this like small electric shock which i don't know would you do it
0: yeah that's i would never do that yeah i would rather positively reinforce myself than negatively
1: yeah uh do that yeah i mean it's it's interesting in theory i think you have to have a certain mindset around it for that to really work for you because i know that Um, And the research shows around around, uh, 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 aversive stimuli of punishment. um, We tend to rebel against it over time, even if it works in the short term. Yeah. Uh. So, um, you know, this is a rare thing for me to say, but I I might be out of questions. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) Um, So, Eric, do you have any questions for me? We can turn the tables.
0: Um gosh well i mean ultimately you know will you be on my show at some point
1: yeah i already know
0: the answer to that so uh and and you know then you can put we can put the link to that future episode in the show notes for this one although meta they may not be there just yet when someone listens to i don't know anyway time to so grapple. it's so we'll hurting my brain
1: ravel. eric it's so yes, hurting my I, brain I'm, right now
0: i'm breaking breaking my brain but uh <laughs>
1: okay um yeah. this, this has been awesome um thank you so much for coming on. i hope that that everyone got uh value and uh um definitely check out beyond the to-do list i think that you know my guess erica that you have a lot of of um people with adhd who listen to your show who don't realize that they have adhd
0: yeah I, well and you know I, I was how old was i 2005 i, I would have been mid 20s or something before I ever found out, so yeah.
1: Right, so it's uh, you know people are struggling with productivity, time management. Uh, you know when it when it creates real impairment in life. Uh, you know there's there's a name for it. Uh, and listeners to the show know what that name is. Um, so Eric, where can people sort of find more information uh, about you?
0: Sure. Well, again, the best place probably is over at to dot com.
1: All right. Well, Eric Fisher, thank you so much for uh, coming on ADHD Rewired. And uh, I look forward to uh, coming on your show.
0: Thanks. Thanks for having me.
1: This is Eric Tivers. Thank you for listening and congratulations for making it to the end. ADHD Rewired is a more than just a podcast, we are a community focused on learning growing, and connection. The website is ADHDrewired.com. You can find summaries and additional resources for each episode. Learn more about the ADHD Rewired Coaching and Accountability Group, and sign up for my email newsletter to get exclusive content that you won't get anywhere else. It's all at ADHDrewired.com. Support ADHD Rewired and help replenish our coaching group scholarship fund by becoming a monthly patron at patreon.com slash ADHD Rewired. Different levels of support get different perks. You can give just a buck or three or five bucks a month or more. Every little bit helps. And it's an awesome way for you to let me know that you value this show the community, and everything else we do. That's patreon.com slash ADHD Rewired. You can follow me on Twitter at Eric Tivers. Subscribe to ADHD Rewired on YouTube to see select interviews and other videos I've made. The ADHD Rewired community is now a secret group on Facebook. So that's one less reason to not just be a passive listener, but to be an active member of our community. Fill out our short screening form at our website, ADHDrewired.com. We screen everyone before they join. Podcasts change lives. You can make a difference in someone's life by spreading the word about this podcast. Mention it in your online communities or on Facebook, Twitter, Reddit, Quora, or wherever you hang out online. And be sure to share it with your friends, your family, your clients, as well as your coaches, therapists, and doctors. If you're a member of Chad or any other ADHD support group, be sure to tell them about this podcast. You can even show them how to download it on their phone or even do it for them. And if you really love this episode, please hit share on your podcast player. I'm only one person and I count on you to help me spread the message. One of the biggest things you really can do to support this podcast and to help other people discover it is to leave an honest rating and review on the Apple podcast app or on Stitcher or any other podcast app that supports and accepts ratings and reviews. Looking for more ways to listen and learn? Get a free audiobook and a 30-day free trial at Audible by going to audibletrial.com slash ADHD Rewired. Need some ideas on where to start other than Brene Brown's Gifts of Imperfection, Daring Greatly, Rising Strong, or her six-hour recorded workshop, The Power of Vulnerability? Then I would recommend The One Thing by Gary Keeler. Oh, and if you by any chance know Brene Brown, please let her know how grateful I am for all of her work and what she means to me and the ADHD community and that she's welcome on my show anytime. And in the one in like seven billion chance that Brene, you're listening, please come and be a guest. Thanks. <laughs> this is Eric Tivers reminding you, keep learning, keep growing, and keep connecting. And no matter how hard it all feels, Remember, we can do hard things. Until next time.